This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Two bits of news. This is the moving beast that is radio. You think you got a show set up and you hit with two side swipes. Danny Hay, gone. All whites, gone. I'd imagine that's not being received very well amongst the football fraternity. By and large, he was very highly respected. Some of the big named players in the All Whites uh, have been very vocal in their support of Danny Hay. But the reality is they didn't make the World Cup. Where does sentiment sit? I felt like it was a reasonably good campaign, apart from that last match, which was a shocker. Um, but there's more stories behind that we're not privy to yet, and I hope we become privy to it. I really do hope we become privy to some of the murmurings I've just picked up in the last few minutes. Um, we've requested to have the CEO of New Zealand Football on at 12.30. We're trying to make it happen. There's phone calls and texts from Captain K. Uh, emails even. They've asked for an email, so we've done that as well. So let's see if we can make that happen in 25 minutes. And then an absolute gut punch to me was Sir Peter Charles Leach, QSM, the Mad Butcher. He would have to be one of the greatest New Zealanders of all time. He is the most selfless, caring, giving man I've ever met if there's anything like this that shouldn't happen to a person it shouldn't happen to him now these low life and I'm pretty sure they'll be underage goons that have taken this will have no idea who they've affected here Sir Peter Charles Leach such a charitable man he's He's flown people from Christchurch whenever they are. Since the Christchurch earthquakes, he he says, "You get yourself to the Warriors and I host you in my lounge." He does so. He puts on barbecues. He runs events. People get sick. He's, you know what he's like. No one deserves to be ram raided and your and your treasures stolen. He's donated all of those jerseys to the Mad Butcher Museum at Mount Smart. This is disgraceful. If anybody has an inkling, make it your mission to help find these jerseys back, even if it's anonymously. So Peter Charles Leach will join us at 2.30. We're giving him some time to collect himself. He is devastated. He is mortified. We need to find these things. If you know anything, please. If you want to do it anonymously, do it. If you want to do it with your name on it, do it. If you want to ring the police, if you want to ring the butcher, get onto Facebook. He's very active on Facebook. He takes photos of his breakfast every day, for God's sake. That's how real he is. That's how normal he is. If you don't want to involve any of them, you can text our show. I'm disgraced. I'm ashamed. And I'm devastated for Sir Peter. Some people say it's just jerseys with signatures. That's Sir Peter Charles Leach's life. 
and he can decide what's important to him and these are just about the most important memories for him. I just can't believe it. Just can't believe it. <laughs> mongrels. Absolute mongrels. On the show today, this is what we'd planned up until about 20 minutes ago when all of this came out. Um, big games of netball on tonight at Spark Arena. I think you can still get tickets. Do it. Everyone I've spoken to that has played or watched or been a part of netball at Spark Arena, I've only been to one game there myself, and it was a long time ago. Um, get yourself some tickets and get down to Spark Arena. And New Zealand men are playing Australian men at five o'clock. Why wouldn't you? We've seen a bit of the New Zealand men in the last few years taking on the Silver Ferns in New Zealand A. They've been involved in all of that. We've got to know them a bit. We know their athleticism. I'm going to be talking to Junior Levi about, sorry, Junior Levy. It's spelt Levi, but it's said Levy. Junior Levy. Um, he's about seven foot tall. He's the goal shoot. Towers over the Silver Ferns defenders. Now it's mano on mano, and um, I'm expecting it to be a very physical affair. It'll be a good watch. And I don't think I've ever seen the New Zealand men play the Australian men. So I'll be asking Junior how long it's been since they played them. We're also very fortunate to be joined by Stacey Marinkovic. She is the Australian Diamonds head coach. And she was spotted in New Zealand spying on the Silver Ferns games in the Cadbury series. She always flies over and has a bit of a look at them. Two very different styles. So looking forward to talking to her. So it's a bit of a netball sort of hour, three quarters of an hour from one fifteen to about one forty-five, um, with both the Australian Diamonds head coach and junior out of the New Zealand men's team. Fred de Jong, uh, EPL Champions League, and I'll probably hit him with uh, just a taster of the, the Danny Hay decision. Um, I don't quite know what to make of uh, the Danny Hay decision, but I did a little bit of poking and prodding, but it only came out about... 20 minutes ago, um, so I had about 10 minutes before I came to studio to hand over with Smithy, but some of the things that I may or may not have heard, sort of, as I said at the start, more than more than one story whenever th- things like this happen. Let's see what comes out, let's see what New Zealand football, if we can get them on, will tell us what was behind their decision. And I'm sort of thinking they must, if they're going to let them walk, they must have a replacement in mind. Or can they not afford him? Or has he got another gig? Or was losing to Costa Rica the big thing? Was there problems in the camp that I've been... I've been... It's been suggested to me that there were some problems in the camp. These sorts of things always come out. It's just a matter of when. But we'll do Midday Madness as well. Holy heck. Holy heck. Actually, Captain K just said in my ears... We were going to do Trans-Tasman rivalries, but we can do that tomorrow. I want you to call up and talk to me about what's happened to the Mad Butcher, Sir Peter Charles Leach, QSM, or this Danny Hay decision, because hopefully we'll have the New Zealand CEO on of football in the next, well, we've asked for it for 12.30. Um, They've sent out a press release. Surely they will take questions and front up. Help me out. What do you want to know? What You football fans out there, you know football better than me. I thought we were on a quite a nice trajectory. Yes, it was disappointing we didn't make the World Cup, but I felt like we were so close that we'll probably get there next time. 
and surely with a big four-year runway now and experience this campaign, my uneducated head felt like Danny Hay was the right guy. Do you agree? Tell me, 0800-150-811. If you've got a message out there for the Muppets that take it upon themselves to ruin a guy's legacy and he is heartbroken, Sir Peter Leach, yeah, no swearing. Captain Casey's in my headphones. No swearing. It'd be hard to, for the mad butcher not to swear. I'd almost give him free reign and say stuff the broadcasting standards or throw it. Go for it, Pete. Um, if you've got any messages for those people, and I am certainly not forgiving them, but they will have no idea of the guy that they have devastated and the magnitude he's made on society and the community around here. Um, so... You choose, actually. Do you want to weigh in on what's happened to the Mad Butcher? Or your thoughts on the Danny Hay situation, the new the new ex-All-Whites coach, the most recent ex-All-Whites coach. 0800 150 is Monday Madness. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Right, I've taken some of your call time with my tirade at the start, but uh, I just had to get it off my chest. So we haven't had any calls yet because you've probably been waiting for me to finish my rant, and that's okay. 0800-150-811. So we've got, still got an open slather, and we'll keep it going if we don't hear back from New Zealand football. So Captain K, as soon as you hear back that they're coming on or they're not coming on, you just come and belt it in my headphones that uh, it's confirmed or not confirmed. But don't relent. Don't relent. Don't let up. I definitely want to hear from them, see if we can find out what was behind it all. You got the feeling Danny wanted to stay. You got the feeling that a few of the senior players wanted him to stay. But it was the next level down that I'm hearing. Maybe not all was so so good. Uh, the recipe wasn't so good. So let's go to the phones uh, and join Scott out of Wellington. G'day, Scott. Afternoon, Steffi. How are you going? I'm pretty pissed off, actually, for the Mad Butcher in particular. Oh, exactly. When when that came through, when uh, Smithy said about that, it's um, you know, you, you know what he's done for charity. Uh, you know, he he looks after anyone. It doesn't matter where you come from, society or anything. He he's there to to look after you. And I've met him a few times at a few different functions, and um, you know, you couldn't ask for a more generous, nice nice person. And for that to happen to him. Um, after everything he's done is, is just shocking. And I, I've got a sign Warriors jersey at home. It hangs on the wall with pride. So I can only imagine all the ones he has hanging up at, at his lounge at the stadium. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not sitting there at the moment, which uh, they need to get back there as fast as they can. Mm, yeah, I agree with you. And it's, and it's not so much what they've taken, it's who they've taken it from that really irks me. Exactly, exactly. For, as I say, for someone that, that gives so much... And ask for so little in return. Um, oh, just you, you can't say what you really want to say on the radio. Is what I what I yeah. really want to say with that. I'm the same, mate. <laughs> I, I really had to temper myself. <laughs> oh, exactly. And then just on the um, the Danny Hay one as well. It's um, it's an interesting one. Obviously, as you say, you know, there's there's two sides to every story. I mean, the downside to it is, um, you know, you, you're basically starting again. 
um, which which is probably the hardest thing, especially for New Zealand football when they don't get a heap of games. You, you, you've only got limited games and to have to basically restart with a new coach and for them to bring in their own systems, it's... Um, you know, it's an interesting decision, but um, it'll be interesting to, to hear what New Zealand football actually have to say on that. Yeah, I really hope we do hear back from them and we can get them. We've rung, text and emailed. We've tried everything. Maybe we'll we'll fax them and send a pigeon as well, see if we can get the message through to get them to come on. Because the, <laughs> the people would love to hear it, you know? The pe- and I'll give, them an open, I'll give them an open mic and they can say whatever they want. Oh, exactly. And that's all you want. You, you just want to know the, the reasoning behind it. Because like, as you say, with many things, speculation starts coming out and this person heard this, this person heard that. And, and you don't actually know what the truth is at the end of the day. Mm, bang on, bang on. Because if they, don't, if they don't say anything, I'll start telling you what I've heard. So I want to give them first crack. That's fair? Fair enough, fair enough to me. Mm. Good on you, Scott. Thanks for calling, buddy. Cheers, Steffi. Have a good day. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Any thoughts on uh, the Danny Hay situation? I really hope we get New Zealand football on. And the Mad Butcher. Really nice sentiments there out of Wellington from Scott. If you want to join in, 0800 150 811. I will take a break. I will go outside and have some fresh air and just calm the heck down, and I'll join you after the air break. Still pretty fired up. I went out and had a bit of fresh air, had a glass of water. Still pretty fired up. Um... God, I feel for Peter Leach. I really do. Um, and I've been lucky enough to spend p- quite a bit of time with Sir Peter and just one of the best blokes. One of the best blokes. Some text messages have come through. Um, Hi, Sunshine. That's interesting. About those Warriors jerseys. I don't know what that means. I'm not going to read that. Um, Staffy. <laughs> Here's a good idea from Chris. When we find these low lives responsible for these jerseys, can we send Ruben, Wiki, Kevin Campion, and Monty round to pay them a visit? <laughs> I don't think violence solves violence or solves crime, but I know what you're saying. I was actually just talking to one of our staff outside about what do we do about these blimmin' Ram Raiders? They're all, my, my understanding is, I haven't investigated, they're all blimmin' teenagers that are too young to be processed by the courts and go to jail or, or be locked up and they're just processed and sent back out and they go and do it again. I've heard that it's, it is it is a group, a reasonably large group, but it's the same ones. It's not just different people every weekend, it's the same ones. And they've got this plan worked out and from their point of view, the plan's working. And it's really, you know, and I'm not saying that the Mount Smart Ram Raid is any more important than, you know, Michael Hill jewellers have been smashed. And I actually heard um, uh, Rob Fife, who's the chairman of Michael Hill jewellers, and they have now got spray installed into their Michael Hill outlets, and it's called DNA spray, which will spray the perpetrators. And if they go somewhere, it'll set an alarm off that you're the guys that did it. And he said it's all very well catching them. And he said the police are doing a fantastic job but it's the justice system. And we need justice for these things because they ain't stopping. Where's it going to stop? It's become the flavour of the month and the new story of the day. It's almost like every day we wake up and there's been a ram raid somewhere on some business. And now they're going after 
bloody jerseys. You know that the whole country is going to be looking at tra- check Trade Me. They're going to be checking eBay. They're going to be checking Amazon. All these places, Facebook Marketplace. I know I will be. I know I will be. And I'll moonlight as a purchaser and go around and pick it up. Don't you worry about that. And I think a lot of New Zealand will. But the real misgiving thing is, if we find them, and you find the jersey, and you find the person selling it, and you report to the police, police will bring them in and they'll send them home, they'll go and do it again. It's doing my head in. Absolutely doing my head in. Um, Some more text messages. Um, I'm I'm strangely emotionally hit by the Mad Butcher news. I can't think of a better bloke in New Zealand, and his love for the Warriors is a symbol of his love for New Zealand. That text message sums it up completely. He will be so hurt. He is so hurt. We wanted to get him on straight away, but we're, we're going to make it up us too. Um, he is so hurt. Jeez, I hope they find him. Find them for him. Find them for him. More than finding who did it. I just want them to find them for him. Um, someone else says, give Sir Mad Butcher free reign on the radio, the, the, the bees. And if someone did complain to the Standards Authority, we'll set up and give a little page and pay the fine. <laughs> I tell you what, um, I was going to say I'm looking forward to getting the Mad Butcher on, but I'm sort of not either because I just feel for the bloke so much. On the Danny Hay situation, uh, someone's texting saying, expect player retirements from the All Whites now. Um, we've always already seen Winston Reid go. I don't know if that, that will be the case. I'm not 100% sure if that will be the case. Um, but I really hope more comes out I really do hope more comes out about the reason behind the, this decision I'm led to believe a lot of it is financial like with these international windows uh, through the year which I can't remember off the top of my head but the next one there's no games lined up for the All Whites none so do you keep a coach on and do you keep him on the payroll do you just say right we're going to park it for another six months go and find another coach, we just can't afford to do it now. Finances are an important thing. You can't just you can't just keep finding money where it isn't. The not making the World Cup, Cup has cost New Zealand football millions, like in excess of 10, in excess of $12 million. That's a lot. That is a lot. I've always wondered why New Zealand football didn't kick on in the first World Cup that they made. And then they made the second one. And I thought <clears throat> they'll learn their lessons from the last one, from not from not cashing in, in inverted commas, not money, but um, the awareness around New Zealand football that there was at the last World Cup. I thought we would have had a good program in place. We'd, we're a much more um, attractive proposition to play because we've been at that World Cup, but now it's dropped off again and now we've missed another World Cup. Does that form part of this weird Danny Hay jigsaw? Um, financially, um, personalities, I understand there were some issues in there as well. Um, Favouritism, potentially. I always have to say potentially and allegedly um, because that's what it is at the moment. Um I just feel like there's a massive smoke screen at the moment we won't find out the truth behind the decisions unless people are prepared to blow the smoke away. Have we heard anything from New Zealand football yet, Kez? Nothing. Nothing. 
We're constantly chasing them up. You're welcome to give us a call on either of those subjects. <clears throat> I like doing positive, but we have to address the negative when it happens too, and it's happening. It, it's happening at the moment. So really keen on your thoughts. 0800 150 811 is the number to give us a yell. Mikey out of Christchurch. G'day, Mikey. G'day, Staffy. Hey, just on those uh, two things, um, regarding Matt, there's two words that come to mind, one for each one. One is... Um, consequences, or shall we say lack of. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that plagues sport, plagues society. Um, people can just do anything these days. doesn't matter. You mm. know, you can sign a contract, don't have to go through with it. You can steal something, don't go to jail. So lack of consequences is a big thing. Um, and then regarding the uh, Danny Hay thing, which blows my mind for, for the biggest sport everywhere else in the world except here, um, because mediocrity it seems that the people in charge just love mediocrity. Uh, and I guess they're banking on the next uh, World Cup cycle that they'll just get in just because. But it won't matter because we'll just be there to make up numbers and we won't play very well because we don't have great coaches. Um, Danny Hay, I mean, if you've got the top players saying that Danny Hay is the guy that is there that they need and they play for teams that demand excellence, isn't that who you would want to listen to? Obviously, we don't know the full story. But um, sounds like uh, New Zealand soccer or football is going down the road of mediocrity. Yeah, and if there are issues in the camp, and if there are certain allegations, as a governing body, govern, sort them. It's like when a player's not playing well enough and you've got a coach, coach them to play better. So govern your football, govern your sport in the country to make it better. Don't just dismiss people. Absolutely. I mean, isn't that what team is supposed to be about? Yes. <laughs> yes. Can't, be, can't just be the coach and the guys on the pitch. It's got to be the, everybody mm. mucking in together, sitting down around the table and go, okay, there's a few issues. I mean, I guess it'll all come out in the wash, or mind you, maybe it won't. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the usual, let everyone just talk about it. We, we, we'll we just let everyone speculate. Mm. Um, it always takes me yeah. back, and, and I've probably told it on here before, the time that South Africa and the Springboks were imploding a little bit, and Victor Matfield called the whole team in to the dressing room, in, into the team room at the hotel, kicked out the manager, everyone. It was just the players, and he took in... I don't know, 10 dozen beers and he closed the door and he locked the door and he said, we're finishing these and we're not leaving the room till they're finished and we've sorted out this team. And they sorted it. They sorted it. Yeah. It's just yeah. sort and it. Find, find your and way. How, and, and how good was that team? Amazing. Like, you know, find, you find a way through. Um, yeah, I hope they find these jerseys for um, Sir Peter and, and I look forward to that conversation and I really look forward to seeing what New Zealand football have to say. They... Like I'm not the. I'm a mainly a rugby guy. Um, I used to play football when I was younger. But I mean, they they want to make the sport bigger in this country. Don't do stupid decisions mm. and put them in the spotlight for the wrong reasons. Mm. And tell <laughs> us why the decision. Tell us why the decision. Yeah. Anyway, Mike. I, I, I hope you've calmed down a little bit, Jeffy. Yep. Oh, a little bit. A little <laughs> bit. <laughs> the rest of the day. Cheers, mate. <laughs> All right. There he is, Mikey out of Christchurch. If you want to join in, doesn't look like we're going to get uh, New Zealand football. So we'll take a break for New, Ze- uh, for New Zealand sport and weather, for new sport and weather. We'll keep trying for football, though. But in the meantime, let's have an update. Listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness.
still trying to get on um, New Zealand football someone to speak to us. We're, we're asking for CEO Pregnell. Um, we'll keep trying. I just thought I'd read you the release that's come out. Um, from Andrew Pragnall says, I want to thank Danny for his time as All Whites head coach. There is no doubt he has played a key role in the development of the team during a challenging period for international football. While Danny was offered the opportunity to reapply for the position, we respect his decision not to put himself forward and wish him the best of luck with whatever he chooses to do next. The plan now for New Zealand football is to announce a new All Whites head coach as soon as possible once the recruitment process has been completed. Um, he also said uh, that a campaign debrief had found a lack of alignment between all white staff and New Zealand football's high performance department and that rectifying that would be a major focus. Um, Danny Hayes headed away. Uh, Danny Hay also had the backing of his players, Chris Wood. He said after the Australian series that it would be silly not to reappointment for the next World Cup cycle. Um, Danny Hay now is in Perth. So who knows what the future holds for Danny Hay. Saying that they offered, I'm just going to go back to the top of that, They uh, he was offered the opportunity to reapply. Offered the opportunity to reapply. You can apply if you want. But on what terms, which we don't know. Um, so football fans, talk to me. Uh, good decision, bad decision. Is there anything that, that you know as well? I've heard about divisions. I've heard about issues in the Costa Rica game. Um, but we will see. We will see. We'll go to the phones. You're welcome to call 0800 150 811. G'day, Zade. Hi, yeah, it doesn't sound too good about Danny Hay. Um, I don't think Chris Wood will be too happy about that because he was a good coach and um, he has started to blood some good young players that have been playing in Europe like uh, Marco Stanimic, um, Elijah Just, and a lot of good young players, um, hopefully for the next World Cup because I think they're expanding, so you just have to win Oceania. So um, hopefully we should definitely qualify for the next World Cup. And yeah, you're probably right. We probably do lose a lot of money because like, even if you go in like Europe football and you make the Premier League or if you get knocked down to the championship, you lose a lot of money or the teams that play in the Champions League get more money if you don't play in the Champions League, obviously. So, um, but yeah, and um, it's going to be interesting tonight. Silver Ferns versus Aussie in the uh, Constellation Cup with Spark. Sure um, is. I think Grayson Leakey is going to be the key for New Zealand if they've got a chance of winning uh, tonight. And doesn't sound too good about Sir Peter Leach's uh, Ram Red with the Warriors jerseys. It's terrible, isn't it? It's just terrible. Uh, yeah, not too good. So hopefully someone can sort that out. But I don't know if they'll be recovered or not. If you can, I don't know how they, if how they'll get found found out. But just like you said, there's nothing they can do because they're all under the age of eighteen. So mm-hmm. what are you really going to do? So I don't know. Yeah, but it'd be good for Peter Leach if they can get them back because he does sound like. Quite a nice guy, and he loves his Warriors. So He does. Who knows? He's a super nice yeah. guy. If you ever met him, Zaid, you'd say he's an absolute champion bloke. He really is. Yeah, yeah. Good on you, buddy. Then. Thank you, and um, have a good call with the netball tonight. I will love it. I love it. Really? Thanks, thanks, buddy. All good. Cheers. There's Zaid. Um, yeah, if you weren't aware, we are doing uh, live commentary of 
the Silver Ferns against the Diamonds. I think our broadcast starts at 7 and uh, centre passes at 7.30. So a decent little preview for you there as well. A uh, lot, lot, lot of ground to cover. Uh, Michaela Sokolic-Beatson, former Silver Fern herself, will be joining me in co-commentary. And then we'll also give you the game on Sunday. Uh, I think that's 7 o'clock as well. Looking for confirmation, not getting it. And uh, co-commentary there will be Brooke Lever on Sunday coming out of Tauranga. Now that's a sellout, the one in Tauranga. It almost sold out straight away, but there's still much bigger venue, Spark Arena. But uh, I would encourage you to go live. It's a fantastic game live. And don't forget at 5 o'clock the men are playing the Aussie men as well. So you get two games for the price of one, which is uh, which is great. Uh, it's fantastic. Someone has said Danny Hay has posted a nice message. We can't find it. So that person there, can you either ring us and read us that message or send us a link to that message because I'd love to see what Danny Hay uh, has posted. Uh, the phone number ending in 612, if you're still listening. Um, I'd love to see his message. Um, Kiss says he's going to call him. Um, oh, you're going to call the texter. Oh, maybe. No, they're calling. Oh, no, we're calling them. If Danny Hay, here's a text message. If Danny Hay is a money issue, why are there no home games? You can't make money when you don't have a product. And budgeting on a World Cup that we have only made twice is foolish. My understanding is the tricky thing about um, hosting games is when you host a game, you you have to pay everything for the team to get here. So not only just the stadium... But the team's flights, accommodation, bloody, bloody, blah. And it's a real long way for any team to come, except for Australia and the Pacific Islands. Um, so that's why we always seem to go. Uh, we always seem to go. So um, I know financial is a massive hurdle for New Zealand football. I know that. And that's why there's so much importance on making World Cups. And I'll be interested to see if um, Fred De Jong can tell us how many dollars is actually involved in missing or the, the opportunity or cost of not making the World Cup I think financially is quite a massive burden. Give us a yell if you want to talk on any of those subjects. 0800 150 We'll be back after a break. Uh, great listener, Linda and Andrew. Uh, they've sent me the Danny Hay um, statement and he says it's been an absolute pleasure being at the helm of the All Whites over the past three years and I want to sincerely thank the players and the staff for their unwavering commitment to the team during that time. Being a part of the development and implementations of cultural process for the All Whites that allows players and staff to connect deeply back to Aotearoa New Zealand and each other is something that I'm incredibly proud of. That connection piece, along with the courage to play a style of football that represented us as New Zealanders, will hopefully stand the team in good stead as they move towards the 2026 World Cup. This exciting group of players showed the world at the Tokyo Olympics and in the intercontinental playoff against Costa Rica a glimpse of what the future holds. It is very bright. I know they will do their country proud and I wish them all well in their future endeavours. And just, um, I'm going to find this tweet that uh, Gordy sent out. If I can try and find it. Sorry, bear with me. Okay, so um, Don McKinnon's review. So Don McKinnon, he was the former Deputy PM, I think. Um, these are some words that Andrew Gordy's tweeted out uh, in that review, uh, in McKinnon's words. The all-whites in New Zealand football's high-performance staff operated almost entirely independently of each other. 
in silos for much of the campaign. Some of the New Zealand coaches and senior players had little trust in New Zealand football's high-performance staff, the CEO being one noticeable exception, and there remains a strong sense within this group that New Zealand football as an organisation lacks sufficient professional football experience. Fairly strong words there. To the phones we go to Wellington. Simon. G'day, Simon. Beth, how are you? Good, man. Good. Hey, um, yeah, a bit of a silver lining in that comment from uh, Danny Hay, but it also represents uh, where New Zealand football and versus the world we sort of sit at, and it obviously comes down to a lot of the financial... Uh, financial gain that you can get out of football but obviously not getting it out of New Zealand and so you've got the separation of the high performance New Zealand versus you know the Chris Woods and the Stamoviches that play in Europe and their interpretation of high performance as well Mm. and then the other question I was going to ask you is what's your interpretation of reapplying versus being re-offered a role? Bang on. Down to your Contract being ripped up, and then they're just basically renegotiating, re- renegotiating it, and then there's going to be obviously a financial slip or gain. Yeah, like welcome to reapply is very different to we'd like you to stay on, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean that must be obviously sort of a, a kick in the teeth for him, probably thinking you know I've done pretty bloody well over the last few years with New Zealand football, and he has. I think better out of most coaches, but then getting the somber, the somber communication, having to reapply because obviously there's been changes. You know, not qualifying for the World Cup, obviously not getting the financials out of that to keep it going. Uh, having to now get an automatic qualification to the World Cup, doesn't that sort of also have a gain as well? Look, it does. I felt like we were. It's almost like we had to draw a line in the sand, and I know New Zealand football's done that, but I felt like we were in a really good space. We've got really good players representing in a number of international leagues or world-renowned leagues all overseas. Danny Hayes seemed to have them clicking. He's probably got his faults, but work with those faults. Surely there were more ticks than crosses. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that everybody has to deal with that in any job or sport or game that you play in. You've got to work with what you've got. Um, but probably the second part of that is that he probably got told that you know there's probably not going to be no football games for New Zealand in the next six or twelve months. Mm. So what are you going to do? Sit mm. with a so-called high-performance team that independently work by themselves yeah. to tell international players that they've got to do something different. Well, don't know how that's going to work. These. There hasn't been many good news stories come in New Zealand football, has there, over the last few years? And, and the only ones I can think of, apart from the players, was the appointment of Danny Hay and the style of, of football that they were playing. And you go back through the coaches, the administrators, it's just been cock-up after cock-up. Yeah, that's a real shame. It doesn't help that I read an article during the week that um, you know even the New Zealand Amateur League football is under certain investigations for, you know, betting and yep. all sorts of carry on there. So, I mean, they're just it's just one of those things. They're not having a good luck. I mean, you know, I really, really hope as a football fan, you know, they could, they're going to turn it around and we're going to see some really positive changes. I mean, just look at the Phoenix coming through. You know, they've had to live in Aussie for two years. They made, what, the top six last year, yep. got knocked out, and they've had to deal with oh, even worse circumstances than New Zealand football. And they've, they've come out of it really strong, you know, 
the coaches are sticking around. They've obviously got a really good support system down here in Wellington. Got the players that they can work with. You know, it's probably not what they really want, but they're working with it. So there is, there is, there's a silver line. It can work. Mm. And, and right people, right time. Yeah, my, my feelings and my sentiments are for you, football fan. I'm not a football person, but there are a ton of you out there who just want to get behind a national program, a domestic program, and let it fly. But. Um, there seems to be seagulls flying in football's engines all the time and they just can't get off the ground. Yeah, I mean, 100% true, but also as a football fan, our expectations are like our teams that we like to support in Europe. Yeah, yeah. You know, money, money drives it all. <laughs> money drives it. <laughs> it does, Simon. Let's hope there's some good news around the corner for football soon. Thanks for calling, buddy. Cheers. Simon out of Wellington. We'll take a break and we'll come back. I've got an idea. I've got an idea. We've got Sir Peter Leach coming on at 2.30, and if you're not across the news, there was a ram raid last night at Mount Smart Stadium, and they flogged 14 of his jerseys, and I'm absolutely spewing about it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to text in double eight double three messages to Sir Peter Charles Leach, and when he comes on at 2.30, I'll read them to him. The Temper Bear Post text machine today is going to be the Sir Peter Charles Leach text machine of support. So when he comes on at 2.30, I'm going to read out the support that you people out there have got for Peter Leach. As I said, one of the great New Zealanders, I really want him to get his jerseys back more than I want them to catch the people that did it. Yes, that's the natural primal reaction is get these buggers and teach them a lesson. But first and foremost, I want him to get his jerseys back. They are his life. Rugby league is his life. The Warriors and New Zealand is his life. He doesn't deserve it. So... He'll be on at 2.30. Text us through 8833. I'll give you a couple of reminders. And I want to read out the messages of support to Sir Peter Charles. Now, he, he, he'd he have to be mad to not know how much he's loved, but I'd like to remind him. I'd like to remind him that you people out there are supporting him and just some general well wishes. Please text those through. 8833, the Temper Beer Post, Sir Peter Leach Love Machine. That's what we're going to call it until 2.30. Um, after 1 o'clock, we're going to catch up with Stacey Marinkovic. She is the coach of the Australian Diamonds, who are going to try and win back the Constellation Cup that we hold. So we've got the Constellation Cup, we've got the World Cup, and they've got the Commonwealth Games gold medal. So we're up 2-1 already, champions. I hope she's got a sense of humour. I wonder if she's got a sense of humour. Um, but we'll be talking to her and also men's netball uh, at 1.30 as well. So a bit of netball in the next hour. But get your text messages through supporting Sir Peter Charles. Back after the news. Back into the afternoons of Staffy here on SCNZ on a Wednesday. Uh, thanks to Goal. Goal.nz. Go and register with them and they will send you a friendly little notification when they've got their fuel on sale. It's economical at the best of times anyway, but that just gives you a little bit of a little bit of a bow on your petrol present. Goal. Fueling emission all year round. 
Now, welcome back into the people who've been uh, rural roundupping with Andy Thompson between 12 and 1, just to bring you up to speed in the first hour. Um, we not broke the news, but shared the, the very, very sad news for Sir Peter Leach, whose uh, jerseys were ram raided. Uh, there was a ram raid at Mount Smart Stadium. He's donated so much stuff into that Sir Peter Charles Leach Museum. And they've flogged, I think it was 14 jerseys. 14 jerseys, which are his life and soul. So we had some some calls of support for Sir Peter. We also took calls on the Danny Hay situation, who has turned down the opportunity to reapply for head coach of the All Whites. Now that wording's interesting. He was asked to reapply. Rather than just be a reappointed, and my understanding, Danny Hay's a bit of an alpha male. Um, and he might have just been, why the hell should I reapply? Everyone wants me in the job. I'm good at my job. We nearly made the World Cup. There were a couple of issues. I've coached them through COVID. Um, probably had more games for the All Whites than past coaches, albeit they had to travel internationally and expensive exercise. Why should I have to reapply? Why don't you just extend me? And it sounds like it came to loggerheads. But here's the danger. We're forced to speculate if no one says anything. The um, the stock standard thanks for everything uh, message from Danny Hay has been released. Uh, he's written it, but it's pretty stock standard. Um, the stock standard press release thanking Danny Hay and Danny Hay thanking New Zealand football. But there's more to this. Don't don't leave us to speculate. Because you saw what happened during Morning. All Blacks. Can you tell us exactly... Oh, what was that? I don't know what that was. Um, don't leave us to speculate, like what happened in the All Blacks Island series, because you go down all sorts of wormholes. Don't leave us to speculate about why Peter Gus Sawakula is not in the top 63 players in the country now, because there's speculation. I'd rather some truth and some clarity. We've tried for the last hour and a half to get someone from New Zealand football on. Pretty much no I think we've had one reply that says, I'll do my best with someone from the media team, and we still just haven't heard anything. Why not? You've written a press release. You've told us the result of your discussion. Come and have a yarn to us. Come and have a yarn to the media, and therefore it's not just talking to me. It's talking to you people out there. It's talking to all of us. Come and have a yarn. Put these fires out before they burn. They're just little embers at the moment, but if you don't address it, the fans will be flamed. I'm giving you the opportunity, New Zealand football, I've heard some stuff, I haven't said it, because it's speculation. But in the court of public opinion, you'll be found guilty with circumstantial evidence. So give us the hard evidence. Give us, tell us. Tell us what's cracking. Tell us why Danny Hay who's held in such high esteem in football circles. I've seen well-known football people all over Twitter saying this is outrageous. So New Zealand football, you need to step up and tell us why it's not outrageous. You'll have your reasons, and I'm sure there's some good reasons. So um, share them with us, please. Please do share them with us. The other thing I want you to do is text into double eight double three. That is the temper bed post. Sir Peter Leach, love 
machine today. He's coming on the show at 2.30 to share what he knows about this ram raid that's flogged his jersey. So I want you to text double eight double three, just some messages of support, and I'll read them to him. I'll read them to him when he comes on. Um, someone has said, could we not crowdfund a financial reward to get Pete his jerseys back? Or would that encourage a new wave of theft for ransom? Yeah, two good points, but you're right on both of them. Uh, it'd be great to get his jerseys back, but it does encourage a new wave, doesn't it? Because if they think, oh, we can steal stuff and hold it to ransom, it just speaks universally. We want him to get his stuff back. Um there's a few text messages coming in now, which which I will get to when we get uh, Peter Leach on. Uh, someone has said, are you going to have Black Sox coach Mark Sorensen on about the World Championship draw? That is out. The tournament starts in about six weeks in Auckland. Yes. I know Brutus very well. I'll send him a message and we'll get him on. I'll, I'll ask him when the right time for them. Um, possibly... I don't imagine, I don't know, but I don't imagine the Black Sox squad has been picked, even though the draw's out, um, but they may have a pre-tournament schedule worked out, some warm-up games, etc., some training camps, but I'll give them a ring after the show today, their texter, and, um, oh, that's Linda, I will will give them a ring and um, tee something up, Uh, and there's no reason we can't talk to them more than once either, is there? Thank you for the text messages that are coming through for... So Peter Leach, I will put them in this little folder here and read them with him when we get him on at 2.30. So just a reminder, very shortly, uh, Australian Diamonds coach, um, Junior Levy, uh, men's netballer for New Zealand. He's the goal shoot. He's about seven foot tall. He'll come on at about half past one. Also today, um, chances to win, uh, we have the chase. That'll be about 1.45 today because we've got a shortened a shortened Joe because... Uh, Running it straight is on today. Um, Fred De Jong, we have a decent chat to him about football just after two. Uh, Mad Butcher at 2.30 and The Vault. We're on day two of The Vault, so it's a $100 TAB bonus bet voucher up for grabs today. If you can guess the sporting moment that Niv has locked away in The Vault. And just to mention too, running it straight today between three and four, The Cheese. Brendan Smith is on with Sammy Hewitt and Kempe. The Rugby League show, they'll be previewing the World Cup. I'm only imagining they'll go through a few of the teams and a few of the groups and a few permutations. So three to four today is running it straight, the Rugby League show. And tomorrow between three and four is Phoenix Nation, hosted by Ricardo Ball for Phoenix fans and football fans. And boy, I can only imagine... He'll be beavering away at the moment trying to get to the bottom of the Danny Hay situation. Anyway, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk some netball. It's a big test match tonight, and the Diamonds head coach, Stacey Marinkovic, will join us. Welcome back in. It is a very exciting night tonight with a much-awaited reconnection of the two forces of world netball. The Silver Ferns and the Australian Diamonds go at it at Spark Arena in the heart of Auckland in a big crowd, parochial crowd. I hope she knows what she's in for, the Australian coach. Stacey Marinkovic joins us now. Stacey, thanks heaps for chatting to us on game day. You know, my pleasure. This is cool, eh? Australian-New Zealand netball, um, even... Doesn't matter what the trophy is. Well, it does, but you know what I'm saying. This is the pinnacle for us as netball fans. 
Oh, absolutely. And you know that wherever the team currently stands in and what they've been delivering out on court, the, the ferocity and the competitiveness that comes between these two teams when you step out there um, is always going to bring the best version of, of every player and, and obviously also the, the coaching staff, the way in which we have to plan and, and strategize um, brings the best out in everyone and that's what everyone, I think, loves to see on the world stage. The amazing thing to me between Australia and New Zealand netball is like we're very close geographically and we do play play each other reasonably uh, frequently, but the very different styles that both teams adopt, the the, the man-on-man um, style of play that Australia brings, quite foreign to us and we're more a zonal type thing. Um, do, is that something that you have to prepare your players because you're getting a very different view of an opponent? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the challenge for us when you put new players out um, against New Zealand. It's not just playing at a high intensity or just trying to play our style of game. It's, it's understanding what the opposition's trying to do to take you away from what you're trying to execute. And we don't get regular access to that, obviously, in our domestic competition. So it's something that has to be learned and um, evolved. Uh, and certainly I think that's what makes the sport so great is that you do have two different styles that um, produce really different um, ways of moving the ball, but certainly are very different ways in the contest, um, which creates great intercepts and, and vision for spectators. And that's part of the beauty of netball in that you've got, Australia's got their style, New Zealand's got their style, and New Zealand don't change theirs and you don't change yours. It's almost like, who's got it right? <laughs> oh, I think the records would say that we get it right at different times uh, and I think that's the part where we've, I think we've adapted a little bit and taken um, some good learnings off each other which I think then helps us challenge each other even more and, and adapt our styles of play um, but the, the fundamental brands are significantly different and um, yeah, it's something that you, you definitely have to be able to recognise in key moments to be able to, to have the success. And at this very top level, like the natural question for someone like me to ask you is, who, where's the threat in this New Zealand side? But I know this New Zealand side very well, and they're all threats. Absolutely, and I think the the style of the New Zealand game is that they are a collective unit in attack and defence, and... Um, whilst they have, um, you know, great individuals with key skill sets, with Grace coming into that circle and being so prominent, Amelia Ann coming back into the game, who's a real playmaker. You've got speed through the midcourt, and you've got a, a unit of defence that you know can be changed up. I, I think it is the collective force of the New Zealand team, which um, you know I've always um, respected how Nolene brings a group together and how they stick to task and and back each other up. We've seen you over here in the Cadbury series keeping an eye on the future opposition and I really respect that, I like that. <laughs> but when you're sitting in the stand, I'm only imagining you watch the game very differently to a fan. What what are you looking for? Are you looking for combinations? Are you looking for patterns? So you know, you're at the very high performance. How do you watch a game of netball that you're not coaching? Yeah, I think it is that. It's it's actually understanding what an individual skill um, look like and, and thinking about what do our direct um, opponents look like on those players and then I think it's just like the players it's actually just getting into the rhythm and seeing 
something different, um, an offline defence, um, the way in which New Zealand can hold possession of the ball for very long periods of time. It's, it is different to the way Australia plays. So as much as the players need to get their head around it, I also need to get my head around the speed and, and the nature of the game so that you can understand and um, you know give that feedback to players when they come off in the breaks, but also um, instigate change when we need to, to influence and impact at a different moment. Yeah, that's something I really admire about netball is the uh, dexterity to change almost immediately. I mean, over here we'll see someone like uh, Phoenix Karaka who's just come bigger and stronger and faster than ever before and she'll be in goal defence and then halfway through the second quarter Dame Knowles will go, nah, you're now wing defence and it just changes a, yeah. a whole dynamic. Dexterity is important for you guys but it's really important that the players trust your vision of that dexterity. Yeah, and I think that's the thing in our game is only small moments in time that can break a game open and you can't let that momentum shift too far um, because of the way, you know, you get every second set of pass so you can't lose too many in a row and, and certainly when you gain ball, you've got to be able to, to punish and, and apply that scoreboard pressure. So there's small moments and, and I think that's where netball is tending to lead to is, is through changes and getting players on and off and um, I think the depth of, of squads is utilised a lot more and, and I think it's it's really relevant. We're both building towards the World Cup and you know that you need the entire squad to be performing. You can't just rely on seven players to churn out an entire tournament. So it's, uh, it's very much a collective view. Uh, New Zealand Netball's seen a few debutantes in recent times and uh, it's very exciting. Debutantes in your squad now, what can you tell us about them? Yeah, so we've got two players that we've put into our, our 12 today in Amy Parmenter and Ruby Bakewell-Doran and one's a defender and one's a, a, a mid-quarter and both have really come through the Netball Australia pathway. They're tenacious in, in getting ball. Um, they're very athletic and um, I think, you know, you, you, it's great having debutons um, getting the dress for the first time because I think it just reinforces the value of what it means to represent your country and when you see them um, and that emotional response to the moment that they're named, um, you know, it just puts everything into perspective. And the Constellation Cup, where does that sit for you and your players? Like, we've we sort of got a little bit of swagger at the moment, hope we can continue. We've got the Constellation Cup, we're the world champions, but we didn't get the Commonwealth gold. Where does Constellation Cup sit with your group? Yeah, it's something that we recognise we don't have. So it's it's high on the priority, I guess, in terms of making sure that we put out a performance that is successful. Um, I think, as you say, the, the rivalry between Australia and New Zealand is one that is very much respected and it's great to be able to come up against the team, see who can learn and adapt and then go again, unlike your, your World Cup and your, your common games where you, you find a different opponent the next round. So... Um, yeah, it, it's a challenge. It's, it's who grows the most, who learns the most, and who can also withstand the intensity and pressure over you know the duration of, of a couple of weeks. And finally, uh, we're talking to Stacey Marinkovic. She's the head coach of the Australian Diamonds. Really appreciated talking to us on game day. The state, uh, the health um, 
the engagement with netball and the domestic scene over in Australia. Of course, uh, a lot of New Zealanders miss the trans-Tasman rivalry at the club level, but you've gone on and done your thing. We've got the ANZ Premiership there. Are you happy with the level of competition, the rate of improvement, and just just the, the track that netball is on in Australia? Yeah, absolutely, and I think you, you see with the debutants that are coming into our group and, and the names within our squad, um, there's some real youth coming through, and we've got our um, Australia A development group that um, you know has just recently been named, and a lot will play in that Fast Five competition. So we are producing good netballers, and I guess this is the part where it's exciting is that they actually get to experience the. Um, other styles of other countries so that when you come to a Commonwealth Games and World Cup, you're well prepared and can understand the capability of your group. I'd love to see New Zealand netballers playing Australian netballers more often. And I think what I'm alluding to is I'd love to see a little bit more of a club environment. Could, could, Could... would you welcome something like, I don't know, maybe the top two New Zealand teams at the end of the Premiership play the top two from your team and call it the Super Club Champion something? Um, just to that, that rivalry, I know part of the appeal is its absence and it makes you hungrier for it. And I'm not saying deluge us with it, but would you, as head coach of the top team, um, support something more at a domestic level? Yeah, absolutely. I think you want to see best netballers in the world playing up up against each other and and obviously being able to get more players exposed to different styles is is a really key bonus. Um, I know that pre-season competitions, there's some um, Aussie SSN teams have come over to New Zealand and, and use that as an opportunity to play against it. So I think it happens in a more unofficial capacity, um, but it's certainly something that... I think everyone gets value out of and, you know, hopefully sometime we, we might be able to evolve. I know they do it in the, the rugby scene um, and having key competitions at different times. So um, why not? Let's have a Champions League. The top two from New Zealand, Australia, Jamaica, England, and we go at it over two weeks. Let's go. Yeah, I reckon it'd be a good one. So, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, you've given me a project. You've given me a project, yep. Stacey. <laughs> Go hey, for it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, so cool to talk to you today. Really appreciate you. As I say, on game day, it doesn't always happen across sports, but uh, you've found time for us. I really appreciate it. No, appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we'll see, see what happens in these games. Brilliant. See you tonight. <laughs> bye. Bye. Stacey Marinkovic, wonderful, wonderful. Um, Australian Diamonds netball coach. Um, really enjoyed talking to her. Like that, that brash Aussie part wasn't quite there, you know. Few little dinks, few little girls, but I did enjoy the chat with her. Um, we have it live tonight. Uh, the broadcast starts at seven. I think Centre passes seven twenty-five, seven thirty, something like that. And um, Michaela Sokolich beats and will join me in commentary. That is tonight and Sunday night seven. Oh, same times, 7.30 out of Tauranga. Um, and I'll be joined by Brooke Lever in co-commentary with that one. And that is the first two games. Uh, and then the second two go over to Australia. And the fourth of four matches is sold out already. So um, the appetite for this Trans-Tasman Netball Series is high. Sold out Tauranga, sold out, I just can't quite remember where the, the fourth game is. Um, but still still tickets available for tonight um, at Spark. 
Um, it'll be an amazing atmosphere there. Do get down <clears throat> if you can't or if you're not in Auckland. Uh, we will have the live commentary here as well. Soon we're going to talk to, uh, don't, don't forget that um, Melbourne and Gold Coast, the two in Australia, are Gold Coast sold out. Um, Junior Levy, he's the men's netballer. If you've seen any of the Silver Ferns play in New Zealand men, he's the man mountain, the goal shoot. He's normally marked by Phoenix Karaka, Jane Watson, Sulu Fitzpatrick, and he's got at least a foot on them, or about a foot on them. Not so against the Australians tonight. I'm very much... This will be high-paced. This will be high-energy, high-skill. The best of the best going at each other. Best of New Zealand men against the best of the Australian men. I am looking forward to that. Um, And we won't have commentary for you of that, unfortunately. We actually found out it was on yesterday. (laughs) But it starts at 5 o'clock. Um, so get down and, and watch that as well uh, if you if you can it'll be very well worth it getting some very good text messages um, some very good text messages through in support of Sir Peter Leach he will be joining us in about an hour's time see if he's made any progress on investigations on um, this ram raid that's taken his jerseys away we've got some lovely messages which I will share with him as well Um also, after one thirty, I'm just double-checking. Yes, we'll play the chase soon as well. So, new sport and weather, then junior levy, then the chase. Oh, we've got so much more to come. And don't forget, Brandon Smith, the cheese from the Kiwis camp uh, for the Rugby League World Cup from the Kiwis. He'll be joining running it straight between three and four. But for now, it's new sport and weather. Well, not only the Silver Ferns against the Diamonds tonight, but an equally important match sees the New Zealand men take on the Australian men in a match before uh, the Ferns and the Diamonds go to it. And we are bringing in the very imposing figure, a dominant figure, and we've seen him play for New Zealand men for quite a while now. Junior Levy joins us. Uh, Welcome back to New Zealand, Junior. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Good to be here. Um, we've seen a lot of you uh, in recent years uh, with the inclusion of the men. Um, you used to train a bit against the Silver Ferns behind closed doors and they've brought you out into the into the prime time and, geez, it's added to the netball framework in in New Zealand. You must be delighted at the the exposure that's slowly, rightfully coming the New Zealand men's netball way. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you say about rightfully, but, um, yeah, always just grateful for this opportunity. And to be fair... Um, Nothing's really changed for us, so um, anything that we get is just a bonus really at this point. How often and how long since you've played the Australian men's in earnest? Uh, It's been just over four years now, I'd say. Uh, 2018 was the last series uh, where Australia played New Zealand. And a bit, uh, you, you're domiciled in Australia. You're born in New Zealand, but you live in Australia. What's what's the men's netball scene like in Australia, competition-wise, club-wise? Uh, massive. So uh, because there's just so many people in Australia, such a big country. So even just the states themselves, like um, you know, I'm originally from Queensland, but I live in Victoria now. Both states have just really massive um, netball programs that involve you know, heaps of men and, and all the way down to young boys as well. That's fantastic. Actually, my cousin used to play for West Australia back in the day. He just thought he was a basketballer, tried netball, and absolutely fell in love with it. What What made you? Yeah. What, how did you find netball? Yeah, I stumbled onto netball. I sort of took into my university degree, and um, having played like you know, basketball and rugby and awesome sports, 
Um, Nepal's got a really interesting sport, especially in men's Nepal. Um, it's super physical, but also like involves a lot of skill and thinking on court. And um, you kind of can't just be like you can't kind of just go at it alone in terms of and doing everything yourself. Like you kind of really got to work as a unit. I think that's really the thing that um, entices a lot of a lot of men, especially at the, at the elite level. Yeah, and the game of netball, the more I watch it, the more I appreciate just how fast it is. There's no switch off, isn't there? Because in the space of half a second, the ball can be at the other end of the court and you're back in back in the game. Is, is it a mentally fatiguing game? It's probably, like, you know, as most sports are, um, and, and netball along with it, it's, yeah, it's probably 60 70% mental game, especially, um, especially when everyone's, you know, just as fast and, and just as fit and, and you know, in some cases, just as tall as you. It's all about, um, you know, how to outsmart uh, your opponents, which I think, um, you know, you'll see this evening as well. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait for this men's test match. Uh, we, we've seen a lot of the Australian women's netball team, but we haven't seen much of the men's Australian netball team. How will their style differ from what we've seen the New Zealand men put on the floor? Um, I think the Australian men are a lot more physical, like just they pretty much play the same style over there, which is like, you know, really tight one-on-one. Um, but then when you have a bunch of men doing that, it's, you know, super physical, super fast, super strong. So um, I think, you know, for tonight for us, you know, there'll be every single ball will have, you know, an Australian defender along with it and an attack. They'll just, they won't stop running. And I, I guess being that you're you're based in Australia but proudly represent New Zealand, they're going to be leaning on you for a bit of intel about uh, some of these Aussie players? Yeah, definitely we've done um, a bit of that work with our coaches um, and obviously in the sessions as well with the boys. Um, just like, and, and because a lot of them have played, um, played in the past, we'll remember them from you know underage grades, so there's definitely um, a lot of history to lean on in that respect. How different do you guys uh, modernise or, or alter your game plan depending on opponent because obviously there's going to be uh, when you've played the women's there's there's quite a high, height disparity at both ends of the court in the shooting circles I'd imagine you're not going to have that luxury against the men so do you change your approach at all? Um, if anything there's probably a little bit more freedom to to go into the contest more from a defensive point of view um, you know just given the disparity in general between um, between males and females but um, I think yeah, the game does just become a whole lot more aggressive. Like you'll you'll see um, a totally different game of netball. I think this evening when you watch um, the men's game, lots of whistle. Do you reckon? Lots of contact. Look, that's heavily dependent on the umpire because <laughs> there, especially in the men's game, there's a lot of contact that's just part and parcel with you know two, you know two males going into a contest. So a lot of stuff is let go. Um, but we'll, I mean, we'll, I guess for both teams, the first test is always testing out what you can and can't get away with. Like obviously, you play at the highest level. Are you a big netball consumer? Do you watch a lot of netball as well? I do actually. I'm probably, funnily enough, like, you know, I came into netball like last time. All the sports that I've been following, like you know, most of my life as you do as a Kiwi, you follow the friends and the All Blacks. Um, and then you know, in Australia, I consume a lot of the ANZ here and the Super Nipple there as well. So, um, especially in Victoria, which is a massive netball state as well. Actually, you'd be a good person to ask this uh, because you get to watch a lot. The big, what's the biggest difference between the ANZ Premiership and and the Australian uh, club slash franchise uh, competition? What do you see as the main differences? Um, I think the main difference is like sort of Nepal New Zealand kind of 
promotes ANZ as a as a premiership competition um, to train and harness its players, um, and is more to, to to that being the point of it essentially. And then obviously, you know, um, the secondary product is that it's entertaining to fans, Nepal fans in New Zealand, um, whereas you know in Australia. Um, the SSN is basically like a product for them to a money making product, really, um, which which they kind of need at this point. <laughs> um, and like so, you know, so they'll have like you know they have the gimmicks, the super show, and all that stuff. So it's more of an it's more driven towards the entertainment over there. Whereas I think the ANZ champs is more about you know developing um, local talent more or less. That's a really interesting take. That that's that's awesome. And and your thoughts about the prospects of men's netball continuing to make strides, continuing to. Uh, I think it's really important. You get TV time. Um, the double headers I really like with the men's and women's. We're starting to see that in in rugby as well and in cricket as well. It, it's it's a nice fit, isn't it? It's a sport. It's not a women's sport. It's a sport. Yeah, and there's definitely, I believe, you know. A commercial viability, just adding to um, the women's game and you know promoting exactly what you said, netball as a sport versus um, it being a female sport because it only grows the sport, but um, the existing um, female demographic and and obviously um, men's as a counterpart. I think a lot of people who may watch today for the first time a men's netball game, um, you know, might be shocked at that that the product that they see. Yeah. Which is good, which is only good, really. Yeah, pleasantly shocked too. Hey, Junior, thanks for chatting to us today. I wish you all the very best against the Aussies. You know how important it is for New Zealanders to take Aussie scalps on the sporting field, so I know you'll do everything within your power to do it. And also a quick note to thank you for the sacrifices you've made, um, these constant trans-Tasman trips to, to put on the black uh, uniform and represent us. Uh, it's really appreciated, and uh, go well tonight. Thank you, thank you. That's all worth it. Thank you so much. Well, it's time for the world's favourite game show, TV, newspaper, radio. It is The Chase. If you want to play The Chase, 0800 150 811, play the music. It's not too late to call. 0800 I meant to ask you for calls at the end of talking to Junior from um, the New Zealand men's netball team, and I didn't. We went to ads, so sorry about that. So now you've got the chance to call. We're going to keep the lines open for about, um, I don't know, about another 20 seconds. About another 20 seconds. Kids are saying keep it open for longer. I don't think we need to because, boy, they're ringing in now. They, they are ringing in now. Um, so we'll let Niv choose one. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. All lines are full. All lines are full. So I don't know who Niv's going to pick. Um, Niv's just told me he's answered the phone call from Mark. G'day, Mark. Kia ora. Kia ora. How are you? I'm very well, Staffy. Yourself? Very well, mate. Very well. You know how the chase works? Yeah, I do. I'll go set A. Thank you. Said A. Good choice. Captain K. Good you happy choice. with that? I oh. am very happy with that. All right. I'm going to hand you over to Captain K and he'll run it. Thanks. All right, Mark. Yes. Welcome to the chase. All the best. All right, mate. I'm going to start asking you questions. Pass if you want to. You're going to have a minute on the clock. Are you good to go? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Who is the most capped black fern of all time? Les Elder. Kendrick Oxedge. Which, which soccer team is currently top of the City R? 
Which batsman top scored for the Black Caps in yesterday's T20 victory over Pakistan? Ben Allen. Correct. Elaine Thompson-Hara holds the Olympic record for the women's 100-metre sprint. Which country does she represent? Pass. Which team is currently second in the 2022 F1 Constructors' Championship? Oh, pass. Oh, my lord. <laughs> what was the nickname of middleweight boxer Marvin Hagler? Nah, pass. In the Stop. NFL, the Washington football team changed its name to what in 2022? Oh, that is... Who captained the Kiwis against Leeds Rhinos on the weekend? Thomas Lulawai. Correct. I was saying turn the music down, kids, and you kept turning it up. Because you were raising your hand like this. I was, like, going, this down, going, I was like, going, why is it so loud? I was turning <laughs> my ears. But have you got to count for us there? Two. 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 Okay. Look, I'll tell you what, it's probably better than me. Day. It's actually probably better than I would have got. But uh, that, that leaves the, the chaser, the Staffinator. So what's going to happen Ooh. now? Steffi, we're going to set. I tell you what, they are hard questions. You are a hard taskmaster compared mm. to Sammy Hewitt. I know. I know. That's what we do here. I'd me say and, you're uh, not DJ out Niv. of this, Mark. It's a tag South. team. I'm, it's a tag team. You are not out of this. This is going to be Give hard. Give it to me. All right, here we go. Steffi, we're going to start the clock in three I can hear it already going. Don't mate, cheat. that's not the clock, Steph. That's that's the music, mate, that you told me to turn up. Down. Well, it's down now. Okay. Let's get on with it, Steffi. Let's You're go. trying to wait, waste time and try and read my sheet. Come on. The clock is going to start in three, two, one. Maccabi Haifa upset Juventus in the Champions League this morning. Which country do Maccabi represent? Israel. Correct. How many Constellation Cups have Australia won? Oh, We've won two. Uh, they must have won nine. Correct. That's it. He's won. <laughs> He's won the chase. I didn't even realise that. Well, there we go. He's oh. been caught. Steph, I really think I was quite harsh on those questions there. Mark, I'm really sorry. So. Mark, oh, I'm really right. sorry. Israel was, Israel was just a blind guess, just by the sound of the words. But Mark, thank you for playing. Thanks, Cheers, buddy. Um, Constellation Cups was tough because I know we've only won it twice and I think there'd been 11, but I know that at least one year or two years it was two all. That was the trick. Uh, so there was I nine and Australia won two on aggregate. Yeah, it's a four and against yeah. type so thing. So if it's outright win, it's seven, but because of aggregate they had to give a winner. And Australia won both of those draws on aggregate, on which, aggregate. Lead, which left them with nine. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it took so long, because I knew we'd won two, and I thought there was at least one. So uh, actually two guesses from me. Uh, one was an educated guess. The first one was an absolute blind guess. I was thinking of shuffling them up just to really get you, because oh. you know I love it when the Stephanator loses. You don't love it very often then. Let's get out. <laughs> Back in, uh, coming up to the two o'clock news. Uh, after the news, we're going to be talking to <clears throat> Fred de Jong. Uh, not straight after, but not long after. We're going to be um, talking about it. Um, well, Sammy's not working with us today. He's still working. Um, he's just sort of tweeted three things out. He's gone through that report, the Don McKinnon report I alluded to. And he's picked out... 
pointed out three parts of the report, which is pretty interesting. The All Whites and New Zealand's high-performance staff operated almost entirely independently of each other. I've read that one. So the next one. There is no doubt, this is the report, there is no doubt that the coaching style of head coach Danny Hay is predominantly autocratic with a number of players describing him as, among things, demanding and intense. And while he does seek input from his fellow coaches and some senior players, Mr Hay sets the tone as unquestionably in charge. However, while there is a clear trend in sport for more holistic and democratic styles of coaching, autocratic coaches are very common in football. Indeed, many all-whites players made it clear they thrive in this type of environment, while others simply felt it was the norm in football and were either ambivalent or had no concerns. Either way, Mr Hay unquestionably has the support of the vast majority of the playing group. In the third excerpt from the report, um, reads, the need for the communication style of the coaching group led by the head coach to evolve to meet the needs of a wide range of players from a cross-section of backgrounds placing a greater focus on creating a strong culture of transparency and honesty, including ways to improve the scope for player feedback and collaboration, such as the establishment of a more formalised leadership group. So it's all down to styles of communication, willingness to change, willingness to be heard. Um, you know, we've heard some of the junior, the junior players, and... I think oldest to youngest, we're looking at 13 or 14 years difference. So very different generational. And we see it we see it in, in sports teams, you see it in workplaces, how different generations react to different forms of communication. It works for some, it doesn't work for others. And reading between the lines, Danny Hayes got one way of managing and coaching. And it suits some and it irks others. So who needs to change? Do the players need to change? Does the coaching style need to change? Does the governance need to change? It looks like a pretty pretty pointed report, and I've read other sports reports and inquiries and reviews that quite often just pay lip service and they're just ticking boxes saying we've done a report. This one looks like it's quite in-depth. Now, I haven't read the whole report, Um and uh, Sammy Hewitt actually says, to be clear, this does not exonerate New Zealand football by any means. Clearly, the relationship between the all-whites and New Zealand football needs addressing. And that does go back further than Danny Hay. It's, it's, it's a long-run historical chain of communication and performance misgivings. So we will dig deeper over the next few days and see what comes out the other side of that. But let's go to the news. Oh, we're revving up for a big final hour 
here on the Afternoons with Stevie. Thank you very much to Gull for being by our side for four hours every afternoon. 12 to 4, Gull, uh, fueling your mission all year round. Coming up soon, we're going to be talking to Fred De Jong on Football Champions League, a little bit of Premier League and the Danny Hay situation as well. But being a Wednesday, it's that time of the week we talk about the Bailey's Property of the Week, and I'm excited in New Zealand. The Bailey's Property of the Week this week, I love the title here. They've got a bit of humour about them, Bailey's, as well. The title of this property is Your Own Gingerbread House. And I was looking at the photos of this house, and I was like, it's like you'd expect to find at Hobbiton or something, but on a full scale, not a little scale. This place is cool. This place is cool. It's um, it's inland from Omokoroa, so sort of Omokoroa, Tauranga, do a triangle inland. That's where it is. Uh, at a beautiful place, it's uh, 204 Estale Road in Pahoya. Um, it's accessible. It's not too expensive. It's only two k's off State Highway Two, two k's from the Pahoya Primary School. So, got a young family, go live that lifestyle rurally. Why wouldn't you? Um, Brent Truman um, and Reese Truman must be brothers. Where's their photos? I always like looking at the photos of these roosters. Oh, brothers, cousins, father, son, uncles. I'm not sure. But there are a couple of Trumans. And um, the house is made of recycled bricks, a bit of cedar. They were used in the construction of this house. Um it's got a feeling of, I would say, solidly encompassing but generously proportioned and an English country cottage feel. There, there's slate four floors running through. It says here it's got a country kitchen, and you know I love my kitchens. I've clicked the second photo on their profile is the kitchen. It's a country kitchen, New Zealand. It's a country kitchen. The big burners, that sort of U-shape, little bit of a breakfast bar there as well. Big old clock on the wall, some bottles on the wall as well. It's a beaut. It's a beaut. Um, it's got entertainer friendly. Oh, it's a smeg stove as well. Two sets of French doors out onto the patio, and then there's an upstairs, um, which has got the bedrooms and a little walkway between the house out to the double garage, which is it's clearly designed by the same architect. It's all like a beautiful. It's aesthetically, for me, very pleasing. It's got um, just over a hectare in land. It's got a small paddock on the roadside of the home. So you've got that paddock between you and the roadside, so a bit of privacy, a bit of distance from the road noise, but there won't be much road noise. It's just like an idyllic rural situation. Um, and it's got a large paddock below it and extra grazing under the trees that line one of the boundaries. The farm shed beside the drive has got a big concrete floored workshop. There's power in there as well, and there's storage area for hay. Did I hear you've got daughters that want a pony? Did I hear that? I heard that. This is for you. Uh, It's got an open shed with a yard in the paddock, and it provides shelter for a few sheep or a pony. My little pony. I love my little pony. Is that the song? That's the song. That's the song. So get on to the Bailey's website, B-A-Y-L-E-Y-S dot co dot NZ, then a forward slash, and the the property number is 250-2830. 250-2830. This one, this one's a ripper. Because I look at the properties of the week quite often, and I think, oh, there's a bit much farming involved there for me, because I'm not farming stock, but this one, couple of little paddocks. Fantastic house too. I do like this one. So that is the Bailey's Property of the Week. 
I'm just scrolling the photos now. Oh, it's got a sparkle undercover. Of course it has. Oh, a little spot for the barbecue. Outdoor entertaining. Fantastic. Baileys.co.nz. Champions. 250-2830. That is the property number. We will take a break. When we're coming back, we're going to be talking football, talking Champions League, bit of Premier League, and the Danny Hay news as well. Fred de Jong will be joining the show straight after this. Look at some round ball that's been happening in recent times, and very recently some huge results in Europe this morning, the Champions League. Uh, joining us now, Fred de Jong. Uh, Fred, uh, how do you manage your viewing with so much good football yeah. on at the moment? What did you catch? Yeah, isn't it? It's uh, Champions League. I, I mean, I love Champions League. It's, um, you know, the the football you get in Champions League is awesome, especially when you get to the knockout round. Obviously, the group stage, um, you uh, there's always the chance. There's always a second chance. And so player, teams sort of play a little bit cagey. But once you get to the knockout stage, you know, it's, uh, it's full on. And so, you know, you see... That's when you see teams at their absolute best. But um, the, I think the the game for Kiwis this morning was the Copenhagen Man City game mm. um, because of Marco Stamenic, um played pretty much a full game, got substituted in the last few seconds, um, and Copenhagen with a pulled off a nil all draw. Although you know City had a guy had Gomez sent off after thirty minutes, so. You know, battling away with ten men for most of the game, but um, you know the the gap in quality between those two two teams is huge, and we saw that when City put out their best team last week and won five nil, and then against ten men, you know even then Copenhagen could, couldn't really um, threaten that much. And I know it'll, it's probably a disappointing draw for, for City fans. And I know it's early early stages, a long way to go in the Champions League. But do you see in this Manchester City squad, they've got a team that can finally win the Champions League? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the, 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 the big talking point in football at the moment is you know, Haaland. And, you know, he didn't play. Foden didn't play this morning. Um, so resting players, you know, they, they've... They've qualified for the knockout stages. They're going to finish top of the group. So there's no real stress on Champions League at the moment for City. Um, bigger fish to fry later mm. later in the, uh, in the in the tournament. But um, certainly they have the, the players and the team this year. Um, and now they have an out-and-out goal scorer. And he is just breaking records left, right and centre. And um, yeah, if you, I think all around the world and all around, especially all around Europe, uh, other teams are going. How do we? How do we stop him? How do we stop the delivery into him? And how do we stop him scoring? And you know that makes for fascinating viewing at the moment. Yeah, you'd have to be deaf and blind to not not have heard of Erling Haaland and the noises he's making. That already at this young age, he's he's being talked about as the potential of the, being the greatest striker ever seen. Now, once a striker, always a striker, Fred. So, as a striker yourself, <laughs> what what does he do different that separates him from the best? Oh, he's got all the physical attributes. Um, <clears throat> so he's a big guy, tall, um, tall and strong. Uh, and he's quick. Mm. He's super quick. He's got a really long stride. So you know, once he gets going, he is he's hard to hard to rein in. And so you know, he's but it's no it's not a surprise. He's a, he's he's been a good player for a few years. You know, he's been now. It's just that now he's in the Premier League, and 
the media around the Premier League is so much more than it is, say, Bundesliga, where, where he's been playing. He's been in Dortmund. He scored 50 goals, 49 goals for Dortmund, 13 assists in 52 games yeah. um, over the last two seasons. So he's scoring a goal a game. He's been doing that for, for two years now in a, in a top-level top competition. The reason you haven't really heard about him is also because Bayern Munich win that league every year, virtually. And so, you know, he's pulled Dortmund up into a position whereby they challenge, they're, they're challenging Bayern really strongly over the last few years. And now he's transferred into, you know, the richest club or one of the richest clubs in the world. Um, they have, in essence, an unlimited budget. Um, he's surrounded by players like Kevin De Bruyne who can deliver the ball on a plate to him. And the thing is, he is a really good finisher of the ball. He hits the ball so cleanly, and I, don't know, I just think you, you watch him. He throws his body at the ball, and then just manages to cushion the ball into the net, which is an incredibly difficult skill to do. But he just makes it look so easy. The other thing I like about him, because I like the story behind the story, he's a bit weird off the field. Like I, I just heard yesterday, he doesn't <coughs> eat meat; he only eats offal. And the first thing he does every morning when he wakes up is he looks at the sun to adjust his body clock. I like a little bit of weirdness in our superstars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, boy. Uh, and you, you, uh, it's it's incredible because like over the last two weeks, obviously the. You know, because he's what two or three weeks. You know, because he scored you know, a couple of hat tricks and you know the twenty goals and X number of games and all competitions and breaking records left, right, and centre. And suddenly, all the you know these weird and wonderful stories yeah. start coming out. You know, <laughs> uh, someone started a petition to get him banned because he's too good. Um, you know, he does this, he does that. It's like you know, there's a clause in his contract that Real Madrid can pull him back. Well, you know, it's like weird, you know, and you're just going, man, it started. Yeah, <laughs> it must be. And you think he's a young guy, so it's like it must be so hard for him to be in this absolute spotlight, you know. But obviously, his his uh, things are running pretty good for him at the moment. So, yeah, it's the, it'll be interesting to see how long it goes. It carries on. Uh, in that city game, um, there are a few VAR calls go against them, like. What do you make of VAR? Could it be more consistent? Does it does it get too much talked about? It, it, it's it's becoming like the bunker in the NRL. Do, do you feel like VAR could be explained better to the viewers? Oh, I hate VAR. Mm. I think it's a, I think it's um, yeah. I, I I just think it's it's like with all technology, um, it suffers from overreach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and football's no no different to a lot of a lot of other sports, you know, because um, you you give people the technology and that takes the decision away. As much as they like to say it doesn't, it takes the decision away from the referee who sees it in real time, makes his call, and then gets asked to review his call. And I think that's that's the the failing in VAR. And I think um, they've also tried to make VAR um, cover too many situations, and so that means you you get what we saw this morning. You know, uh, a, a wonderful goal, like this amazing strike from outside the area. You know, top corner, and you go awesome goal, and it gets pulled back for a uh, a handball 
um, like just before the, the, the shot. And you're just going, really? <laughs> really? You really want to chalk off that sort of um, incident because of an innocuous sort of handball? Yeah, so to me, yeah, VAR, um, yeah, I, I, I would take it, I would limit it to, um, you know, one or two things. They did a really good job of VAR with the goal line technology. Yeah. Because, and the reason that that, that worked so well is because they said they just put it out to anyone and they said, all we need is you to tell us that the ball's crossed the line and it's a three-dimensional plane of the goal area, has to have crossed the line and we need it on the referee's a watch that the referee has, has to signal the referee's watch within one second. That was the brief. And they just put it out there and they said, you come back with a solution. And all the techno, all technophobes around the world went, oh, there's some money in this. I'm going to put out a system. And they end up, they, they used cameras and triangulation and all that to get a system that works really fast, really easy, very very defined. And they should do the same thing with offside. This is the parameters. You tell me, you work it out, and you give me a, a yes, no, or black and white, whatever. And um, and then and then see what, what people come up with because – yeah, at the moment, the VAR is, is too wide, stops the game, um, and all you're doing is making um, a decision that a referee can make just more contentious because it comes out of a, off a TV screen. Yeah, which makes it less appetising, less consumable, and uh, frustration in the fans. And uh, Absolutely. And, and, and also, the, the worst thing for me is it takes the emotion out of the game. Yes. Because you score a goal, that's the pinnacle of, of football. You score a goal and you celebrate, you know, and v- what VAR's done is it's taken that emotion away because you score and then you wait. Yeah. And then and then you go, oh, great goal. Oh, thanks very much. You've just stolen my moment. <laughs> and that, to me, is criminal. And, yeah, I think um, the administrators who pushed VAR really hard just before the, uh, the Russia World Cup did a real disservice to the game. Before we leave the Champions League, uh, we've talked about the squad strength and the superstars in the Man City crew. Who's the threat? Give us, give us a couple of threats, the big hurdles that they've got to get over to win this Champions League. Uh, who else would there be? I think, um, obviously, it'll be Real Madrid because they're perennially um, in, in the mix in the Champions League. Um, you know, they've won it, I think, 10, 11 times. Most most uh, most titles ever. Um, I would also say Napoli mm-hmm. are playing really good football at the moment, but probably don't have the absolute quality to go to go all the way. Bayern Munich, although they're struggling in the in the Bundesliga at the moment, they um, they're 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 always there or thereabouts. But I mean, and then and then you probably look at some of the other English teams: Tottenham, Chelsea. Yeah, you know, are going to qualify out of the group stage? Goes to an open draw then, uh, and so yeah, I think um, you could. They could get upset by another English team, mm. but yeah, and and sorry, and also Paris Saint Germain, you know, who also who are who are desperate to win <laughs> to win this competition, <laughs> and again, they 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 haven't won it either. So they you know they went close last year um, or two years ago, and yeah. So they'll be they'll be desperate. Neymar, Messi, Mbappe, um, sitting at PSG. So they're they're a threat, 
but defensively, not great. Mm. I was going to say a bit closer to home with the Premier League. It's just as far away from home geographically, but it feels a little <laughs> bit closer because yeah. it's got the history. Arsenal's still at top of the table when I want to stop talking about Man City, but City are going to chase them. Um, can Arsenal, can they make a break? Can, can they kick away? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I was being hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be nice. It'd be a lovely story if they could. Um, but no, I think uh, City are winning easy. And man, uh, and Arsenal are, are just winning in a lot of games. So, you know, you saw on the on the weekend, you know, City 4-0 against Southampton, um, albeit, you know, Southampton near the bottom, like, bottom third of the table. But, um, you know, the City just score so freely. And, and Arsenal, yeah, they're playing well. And they're playing well. They play very good counter-attacking football, free-flowing as they sort of stretch down the field. Score some lovely goals so far this year. A um, couple of the goals in that Liverpool game, Arsenal-Liverpool game were, were really nice, you know, beautiful moves with a, with a tidy finish at the end. Um, but I think... You know, I think they'll get the jitters um, come uh, later in the season, and and of course everything's going to get very disrupted soon with the with the World Cup coming around the corner. So you know, um, competitions will all stop through November, December. Um, players, international players, will all take off, play the World Cup, come back, then have to get straight back into club football. So they'll they'll probably be a bit tired. Um, so so there's going to be an impact on. The, the Premier League and, and these teams. Um, maybe that'll help Arsenal uh, because cities, pretty much all the city's players will disappear for internationals. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think Arsenal uh, are doing really well playing nice football, but um, can they sustain it for the whole year? I, I just don't think so. And the other thing about the World Cup you've just mentioned there, of course uh, Premier League season's been split into two parts. Injuries will be picked up at the World Cup and therefore the complexion of this, the second part of the Premier League um, could change it could change its complexion. I'd imagine the, the Premier League uh, football managers will be watching that not really to be entertained, just hoping their players don't do ankles or knees. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, always, always. Like imagine like you know, Kevin De Bruyne off the, with Belgium picks up a, a bad injury I mean that would set Man City right back. Yes, they've got players that can that can slot in there, but are they of the of that sort of quality? No, mm. no, they're not. And so you know, yeah, there's key key players in the at the World Cup that uh, that, that managers will, will certainly sweat on. Um, yeah, and and it, and it's also the load. You know, there's there's just an, an added load for for the players that aren't going to the World Cup. It'll be a really good time to recharge, mm. but um, for those that are there, it's, it's pretty full on. Yeah, I reckon there'll be lots of keyhole surgery in the UK <laughs> during the World <laughs> yeah. Cup. And it's just come out, uh, Fred De Jong, Danny Hay, no longer the All Whites coach. I'm not as entrenched in football as you, but this sounds crazy because we've got fantastic players who've endorsed Danny Hay. Um, he loved the job. New Zealand football community seemed to love Danny Hay, and it's fallen over. Is this a bigger tragedy? Is what I'm detecting? Uh, well, I think it's, it's it is surprising. It is surprising. I think um, that um, that he's not going to continue in the role. 
Um, I think ultimately it it comes down to you know we were we failed to get to the World Cup, and um, you know and and the New Zealand football have, have gone well. Um, we you know we the team plays nice football. That's great, but you know we we didn't we didn't achieve our goal, and I think that's um, that's where this has eventually come from. Isn't making the World Cup like that is massive and it's huge, but I think around the world it's not expected for New Zealand to win the World Cup. But have we not seen enough to give them another dig? Because if you let him go, you must have someone better in mind to take his place. Um, and, and that's the point. I think, um, you know, may, maybe there's something else sitting behind this. There's a review going on about uh, the, the camp and that, uh, around Costa, the Costa Rica game. There were, you know, rumours are there were some issues in there with um, players and and some stuff, some other stuff. Um, so, so yeah, maybe that maybe there's a there's a bunch of things that haven't come out yet that possibly will come out later that'll um, that'll make sort of put some reasoning behind this uh, this decision. But um, and then and I think it also winds back into what we've been hearing about, you know, the players sending a letters to the board wanting more games. Um, and the like, um, which is true. The, the All Whites need to play, and they need to play as much as possible, yes. Um, but also, the window after the Intercontinental Playoffs is probably the least most important window there is. And so I think probably the New Zealand football have said, well, we're not sure on our coach. We um, So we're going to sort all that out before we go out and try and sort out some games, because if Danny was going to continue... Yes, they needed games in November. If he wasn't, as is the case now, um, then we're going to be in a process selecting a new coach. So we don't we don't need to play. And I think um, you know financially massive hit for not making the World Cup because it's worth sixteen million dollars. Um, so you know they're now they, they they've been looking at the money, going, is that window necessary? No. Um, and and so for for football now. Um, the, the process starts to find a new coach and it's a very desirable job because more than likely you always will be at the next World Cup and for a coach getting to the World Cup is a, a massive um, tick on your CV. Alright Fred, alright uh, I'm a little bit clearer I'm a little bit clearer but it's, <laughs> it sounds like there's still a few murky smoke, smoke clouds out there that need that we need to see through the other side and hopefully in the, in the fullness of time we'll get to those but uh, Fred, thanks so much for your time today all good, mate. Cheers. Welcome back into the afternoons and if you recall back to the top of the show at 12 o'clock I opened up with my bewilderment at what has happened to one of our great New Zealanders, Sir Peter Charles Leach, QSM, having some, and it's not just rugby league jerseys, it's part of the framework of who he is and what New Zealanders and the Warriors is and it is a great pleasure now to welcome onto the show at this terrible time actually for you, Sir Peter Charles, uh, the mad butcher. Thanks for coming on today bud. I'm very humbled by your introduction, Mark. Yeah, it's a sad day. Um, not not for me, but the thing is, those jerseys that were stolen, they were there for the public to share, mm. you know, and 
they would love seeing them. Like, I like telling the story about Arwen Gutenbill's testimonial jersey. I'm doing a little tour one day, and I show the, to the group, and I say, this is Arwen Gutenbill's testimony jersey. He wore it in a game, and a guy said, what do you mean he wore it in a game? He wouldn't give you one. He wore it in his testimonial game. <laughs> I said, well, he did, mate. Well, why would he give it to you? I said, because, mate, I put on a testimonial lunch for him and raised a lot of money, and that was his way of saying thank to me. And people aren't going to be out to see those. You know, there's one from Steve Price signed. You know, there's um, Stacey signed one. You know, I'm never going to get another one off Steve Price because he's in Australia, but I can get another one off Stacey. I'll see him tomorrow, you know. Um, but it's, it's the, the fact that they've robbed the public of being able to share these, you know. Um, but look, we're, we're great. We're hopeful we're going to get them back because the public, the media have been outstanding. Everyone's pulling the cart the one way and uh you know facebook has gone off and instagram has gone off you know i mean just you know i just had to have a little laugh there because some of the things on instagram have been very nice to be fair well and look I, I know you love chatting sir peter but i'm going to ask you just to sit back and listen to some of the text messages that are coming to the station can you do that for me this is the messages of the people to you okay here we go go ahead what a bunch of a-holes. The things that this man, Sir Peter Leach, has done for the people from all walks of life in this country, he doesn't deserve for some scumbag to do that. Hopefully he gets them back. That's from John. From Ken. Sir Peter Leach, I'm devastated by the news. I'm a proud Kiwi like you. You don't deserve this. Let's find those jerseys. I'm lost for words, but you're a great man who's done so much for New Zealand, so thank you. That's from Ken. To Sir Peter. I love you heaps. Sorry about what happened. Andrew still wears the cap you gave him and he tells everyone how Sir Peter gave it to him. He will be upset to hear what's happened when I tell him this afternoon when he gets home. Hi Staffy, I'm gutted for Sir Pete. Are the jersey and the jerseys they are unique. If they are unique, let's get some picks out so we know what we're looking for. Um, another one just says Kia kaho Sir Peter Taitoku um, G'day to the mad mad butcher It's so gutting to hear what's happened You are a real bloke that never lets the public down Unfortunately a small part of the public Has let you down The next one Today's news is a violation of trust, goodwill and humanity All the qualities that you Sir Peter Have given to New Zealand so generously Please take some solace from everybody's love Keep your head up, Sir Peter. You have lost some treasures, but you will never lose your generosity or dignity. No one will touch these jerseys unless they are given back. Don't let a few low-life scum make you dwell on the negatives. And the last one I'll read to you says, If it's of any solace, Sir Peter, the vintage jersey community is very, very small, and I have no doubt we'll recover these jerseys for you and uncover the culprits in the very near future. That's from PD. That's just a sample of the messages we've got in for you, Sir Pete. Well, first, I want to thank all those people for their kind wishes. Um, I just uh, am humbled by it. And uh, to the guy that said, you know, can we get some photos? Unfortunately, I don't have photos. I am going to look through some of my other jerseys and see if I've got some copies that I can put up. But they are signed, a lot of them, you know. But, uh, look, it's been very humbling uh, today. Uh, it's been bigger than a mad butcher free sausage sizzle, to be fair. <laughs> and they were massive. Mate, two thousand people one night at um, the zoo when they when some animal come back there. But anyhow, thank you all. God bless you all, and I appreciate your nice words, Mark, and to all the people that send those lovely texts. I humbly thank you very much. Brilliant, Sir Peter. We'll let you go. Thanks for coming on today. 
Thank you, mate. So Peter Charles Leach, just one of the absolute champion New Zealanders. Um, we know how much it means to them. Thank you. Thank you for your messages. I couldn't get through them all. There was three times the ones that I could get through, but I just sampled them all. And upon reading those, you heard the emotion in the great man's voice. Um, He'll never know how much he means to us. And that's why I got him on, and that's why I got you to text in. And so I'm so very grateful for that. Poor Sir Pete. Um, And what did he say? It's not about what he's lost. It's about New Zealanders not being able to see them because it means the world to him. He is proud as punch, proud as punch of the things that he can provide other people. He just rattled a couple off then. Please find these jerseys for Sir Peter. Find the culprits if you want, but find the jerseys first and foremost. That's, that's really what it is all about. That is what it's all about. Go well, Sir Pete, and let's hope we find them. We'll keep you up to date. Righto. We got a fifty dot no. Bang, bang, bang. Times two. Hundred dollar TAB bonus bet is up for grabs now when we play the vault. Zaid had a go yesterday. He asked his seven questions, couldn't get it. So it was fifty yesterday. It's a hundred dollars today. Hundred dollar TAB bonus bet. You will get five questions. Five questions. If you didn't listen yesterday, I'll give you two from yesterday. And then you get five, and then you get a guess. If you can unlock the vault, a hundred dollar TAB bonus bet is yours. A $100 bonus bet with all the sport and racing, Group 1 racing that's coming up as well. Fill your boots, champions. 0800 150 if you want to play the vault for a $100 bonus bet. Here we go. Ten questions. One answer. Can you crack the vault? And giving it a crack today to try and open the vault is Rowan. G'day, Rowan. Where are you calling from? Uh, Dunedin. Beautiful, mate. Now, did you hear yesterday? Uh, I didn't hear it, but I heard it. Oh, I heard it bits. Bits. Okay, so, so here, here's how it rolls. Like, yeah, you get was, five questions, good. but you can ask me questions one through seven that were asked yesterday, and I'll give you those to kick you off. And then you can have your five and a guess. So would you like to have a crack at a couple from yesterday? Questions one through seven. You can tell me a number and I'll tell you what it was. Okay. Uh, Number one. Number one was, (laughs) not a good choice. No. Uh, The question was, is it UFC? The answer was no. Oh, that's a very specific question, isn't it? It was. Um, Number three. Number which? Three, please. Three was... Is it motorsport? And the answer was no. So we're not a much, okay. we're not very far down the track, are we? So you get no. five questions, five yes, no questions. I don't know the answer, so I'm going to hand you to Niv. He's put the he's put the thing in the vault. So yep. you're now talking to Niv. Have your first question. Rowan. G'day, mate. Hey, uh, so does the sport involve wheels? No. Okay. Um, or the event. Does it have like multiple sports event? You're sort of meaning like no, a no. um, like an Olympics type. Oh, I see, a multidiscipline or, you know, type run. thing. No, yeah, no. that kind of thing. I'm gonna say no. Cool. Um, is it on water? No, it's not on water. Ooh. Although that would be pretty cool, thinking that's, about it. That's quite a cool question, actually. Um, I'm running out of ideas. You got two more. Uh, 
is it in Oceania, the event? No. Oof. One more, and then you get a guess. Or at jackpots. <laughs> yep. Um, is it... Is there a... In, um, you know what I reckon might help? Yeah. Just before you ask that, what, I'm, what what I find helps is trying to find out roughly when it was. So oh, yeah, so true. sort of pink, pick a year and say, was it before this year or was it after this year? And that might give yep. you a help. All right. Uh, was it after 2004? No. Okay. Um... So, All right, I'm just gonna. Yeah, so now you get to have a crack. Now you get to have so a guess. There's no wheels. It's not an Olympic type multiple sporting event. It's not on water. It's not an Oceania. It is not after 2004, and it's not UFC, and it's not motorsport. Good luck. Gee <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's go. The synchronized. Uh, no, no. I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> Let's go the Airbirds over Wanaka in, um, oh, it's not in Oceania. Anyway, um, oh, yeah, Airbirds over Wanaka. I'll just do that. I know it's not right, but. I don't think that's enough to open the vault, Kez. What do you reckon? Let's try. Let's punch it in. Oh, access denied. Access denied. Access still denied. locked. It's still locked. Okay, Rowan. Um, well, the other listeners will be delighted with you because we're going to play for a $150 bonus bet tomorrow. Yeah, hope that helps. Yeah, well, you're welcome to have another crack. You're wel- you, you've, you've eliminated quite a bit there. So uh, good luck trying to get through tomorrow, and we will jackpot it to 150 Thanks for playing. Thanks, guys. Cheers, buddy. Um, there we go. You can't have text uh, guesses, people. You can try, but I won't read them. You can try and have text guesses. Um, speaking of text messages, had some uh, more on the back of um, chatting to Sapita. Um, he was upset. You could hear that. Cookie says, Staffy, that put a lump in my throat. Hearing Sapita had a lump in his throat. Yeah, it's, um, it's the messages from you that makes him emotional. He's a very humble man. And I don't think he gets told enough how much he does for us and how much it's appreciated. Uh, someone said, how would those Muppets even know those jerseys were there? It's reasonably well known uh, on social media, etc., that that's where the jerseys are. I mean, just breaking into, you're either brave or stupid, breaking into a place that's got rugby league players in and around it. Um, sheepers. I can imagine how angry the people are there. So... Um, and a couple of last text messages. Hope this doesn't mean that's the last we've seen of Chris Wood playing for the All Whites. I hope not too. I really do hope not. And one from Ken, our Auckland rugby correspondent. No Roger Tuivasa-Shek or Akira Iwani this week, but Bryce Heem and Nico Jones are back. And it is a good side, and Patrick Tuipolotu is still there. Nice. So Ken's quite happy with that team that's gathered to take on Wellington. And we've got the big MPC semi-finals this weekend. Absolute rippers they will be. Absolute rippers. Um, in the cricket, uh, Bangladesh won the toss and have elected to bowl. Interestingly, Kane Williamson is resting. Finn Allen and Devon Conway will open the batting and Martin Guptill will come in at three. And look at that for entertainment. Allen, Conway, Guptill, Phillips, Chapman, Neesham, Bracewell. Wow. Bang. 
one through seven. Adam Milne makes a timely return after sitting out the first couple injured. Ish Sodi, Tim Southey, he will captain the team today, and Trent Bolt. So Pace, Milne, Bolt, and Southey, Spin, Sodi, and Bracewell, and a little bit of extras from Nisham, Mark Chapman as well. That is a powerful side taking on Bangladesh at an overcast looking Hagley Oval. We'll take a break now, and on the other side, we'll have a look back in the day. One more text before we go historic. Uh, Peter Gus isn't in the New Zealand 15 because he's going to be named as the new All Whites coach later today. We love Peter Gus and he loves to coach soccer. (laughs) Good text. Good text. Right, back in the day, the 12th of October, 1929, the Philadelphia Athletics complete one of the greatest comebacks in World Series history. They trailed by eight runs in the seventh innings of Game 4, but replied to put ten runs on, unanswered. And won, 10-8. Amazing. 1979, Chris Ford of the Boston Celtics created NBA history. He was the first guy to do what? Score a three-pointer. And that was also the game that marked the debut of Larry Bird, one of the greats. 1999 on this day, the Swiss Miss, Martina Hingis, her 80-week reign at the top of women's rankings ended when Lindsay Tavenbort beat her. So uninhibited joy from Martina Hingis who becomes Wimbledon's second youngest champion and the youngest this century. She won 76 singles and doubles titles including five Grand Slam events during her illustrious career. Uh, Birthdays today, 1906, born on this day, is an American Baseball Hall of Famer Joe Cronin. 1921, uh, Czech tennis and ice hockey player Yaroslav Drobny. Snakey, Conrad Smith, happy birthday. Muliaina there with him. Jane is further out, but they decide to take the middle channel. And away goes Muliaina. Looks for his support, finds it in the form of Richie McCaw. And uh, now it's with Conrad Smith. Smith for the corner. Conrad Smith's in. Oh, we missed the snake. Uh, yet another birthday for Sam Whitelock today as well. Top of the box office today in 1992 was the Mighty Ducks. And top of the charts is this. It's Nib's innings has come to an end. Uh, came off the bench as 12th man. Thank you for joining us, Nib. It's the end of the road for you, champion. But we'll have you back. Thanks to Kez too. Running it straight with Brandon Smith out of the Kiwis camp. is coming at you, Sammy and Kempe. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.